0: Hello, and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk, ICRT's weekly interview segment bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan. I'm Keith Mancone. On today's show, uh, we're going to be featuring a conversation that I had with Amal Chow recently. Uh, Amal is a member of the Taipei Muslim community and also an attendee of the Taipei Grand Mosque. Uh, And basically, we're going to be talking about ongoing government efforts to make Taiwan an easier place uh, for Muslims to live and travel. And, well, what we're going to be trying to get at is uh, what these proposals actually mean uh, to practicing Muslims in Taiwan. So, you know, just to give you a heads up, uh, what you're going to be hearing here is basically me asking a lot of fairly dumb, basic questions uh, about practicing Islam in Taiwan. Uh, And then I'm all graciously and patiently answering them one by one. I'm not selling this very well, but I mean, really... Uh, I feel I took a lot away from this conversation, and I'm very grateful to Amal uh, for sharing her perspective with me. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, here is my conversation with Amal Chow. Amal Chow, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you very much. So over the last couple of months, uh, I've been hearing uh, news reports probably out once a week or so of uh, you know the Taipei city government, the Taichung city government, all of these government officials basically saying that they're trying to make Taiwan a little bit more uh, friendly to the Muslim community, and they're uh, approaching this in a number of different ways, whether it's uh, making more prayer rooms available, uh, or whether it's making halal meals a little bit easier to get to. Uh, We're hearing a lot about this, Um, and, you know, I've been reporting on this, I've been talking about this uh, with uh, other people on air at ICRT, and every time I do report on it, I just, I always... You know, it it sounds like a really cool thing, and it's always good for uh, Taiwan to be more inclusive, but I get halfway through the report, and I just realize... I don't know what I'm talking about. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what any of this stuff means. I, I don't know what it would mean to a practicing Muslim, mm-hmm. uh, what having these extra resources would actually change. Uh, so that's, that's really one of the things I'm hoping we can talk about today so uh, you can explain to those of us who uh, don't have this background uh, and understand what this really means to a practicing Muslim. Uh, but before we even get into the specifics, uh, can you just say, in in general, When you hear uh, these uh, government officials uh, say this kind of stuff, uh, what's your reaction? What does that mean to you?
1: Uh, I think it's very beneficial for us from our point of view, since uh, praying and having halal meat are one of the most important things in our lives, Mm -hmm. because we pray five times a day, Mm -hmm. and... um, it had a certain time routine to it, and it's something that we practice every day several times. And on top of that, uh, we require clean area, mm-hmm. preferably, and a quiet area. So having a prayer room for us is is uh, something very very important.
0: All right, and well, tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of challenges would you have if. So so we're talking about like uh, prayer rooms are going to be set up at rest stops on major roads. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're hearing that uh, there's even going to be a prayer room inside uh, Taipei City Hall. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, so would that be a a really big challenge? Say if you're a government worker working at City Hall, there's no prayer room. Or if you're somebody who's trying to travel across Taiwan, uh, would that really disrupt your day if if those kind of resources weren't there?
1: Uh, I think it would be more difficult because we have to make up the prayers once we get back to Mm-hmm. To our house or to a hotel room, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, even though I think it's more convenient for travelers and for tourists, mm-hmm. these kind of facilities. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, um, if we're working outside, we usually pray in the mm-hmm. office.
0: Right. Yeah. And well, a lot of times when these officials are talking about this stuff, uh, they are saying that they are going to focus on tourists. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, Taiwan also has a number of uh, both Taiwanese citizens and Ty- uh, and guest workers uh, from abroad who are also Muslim, who, you know, not tourists at all. They're, they're residents. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of this uh, emphasis on, on tourists?
1: I think it's because the number of tourists, the Muslim tourists are increasing and also uh, to encourage tourists from Southeast Asia to come. Right. Yeah. Or from China.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Do, you, but I mean, do you get any sense? I mean, I, I, I think the the local population is equally important. Is is, is there any feeling that, uh, for example, uh, the migrant workers from Indonesia, I mean, are, are they being overlooked with this emphasis on uh, tourism? Overlook, you know, the, the the local Muslim community.
1: I think the focus is on tourists, but um, what I know is that. Uh, For example, there are a lot of uh, Indonesians in Taiwan at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I know that many of them have their own uh, community or praying centers that they have around their their living community. Mm -hmm. So for them, unless they're traveling a lot, I guess, for them or for us, we... Well, I'm not really used to praying outside. Mm -hmm. So these kind of facilities, to be honest, they're not very beneficial for me as for
0: tourists so so i mean would there still be challenges then uh for you you know as a practicing muslim in 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 taiwan or or do you feel like uh mostly your needs are met you're you're basically okay
1: i think uh i'm basically okay because i grew up in taiwan Mm -hmm. so i i have a routine for of my own Mm -hmm. but of course it'll be very beneficial for me if i travel long distance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So for, for, for people that are new to a place, uh, it just makes things easier for them. Yes. They don't have to learn so much. Uh, what about halal then? I mean, uh, a lot of cities are boasting the fact that they're uh, opening new halal restaurants, getting more options out there. Have you noticed a change over the last couple of years?
1: Yes, of course. It's very obvious. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, halal, uh, because it's something that it affects our, our meal, Mm-hmm. And um, there have been quite a, uh, many halal certified restaurants, but most of them again are focused on on um, in in hotels. Mm-hmm. Mainly are in hotels, and local restaurants have not increased that much.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So would it be a challenge? I mean, even if you're cooking for yourself, would it be a challenge to find halal ingredients in Taiwan?
1: Oh, it's been improving recently. Mm-hmm. Over the years, there are private companies mm-hmm. that started selling halal ingredients, halal meat, mm-hmm. which I think has been very helpful to us.
0: Mm. Yeah. What would you say is the main significance of this change? Is it before would it just be hard to find tasty food completely?
1: Well, I think one thing it has helped the Taiwanese community to understand our lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe for folks that uh, don't know, you could uh, explain a little bit what uh, what what kind of requirements halal uh, dining uh, entails.
1: Uh, the word halal actually means legal. Mm. So anything legal includes. Uh, act of worship or behavior or relationship. When it comes to food, uh, we have certain requirements that we have to meet which is, um, for example, the meat we eat has to be slaughtered by a Muslim because there are certain ways of slaughtering Mm. and um, we do not consume alcohol or blood or animal that has died on its own or
0: or is infected by disease. So night markets would be a little bit difficult yes. to attend. Ah, yes, to be a yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay.
1: So we usually go for a vegetarian or seafood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which are the safer option.
0: Mm. What about like uh, clams or shellfish?
1: Yeah, that's fine. But mm. we have to ask if it's cooked in broth mm-hmm. or the, do they put alcohol while they're cooking?
0: Ah. Yeah. So really, if you have these halal-certified shops, it just means that you have to think less about... Uh, yeah, that's true. Less work going into every yes. meal. Uh Now, uh, something else uh, that's sort of related but uh, actually doesn't have anything to do with the government. Uh, Uniqlo, uh, the Japanese clothing retailer, uh, recently announced that they are going to be marketing a brand of uh, Muslim hijabs uh, in Taiwan uh, and and making that available. Um, i I read some people reacting to this uh basically saying that before you kind of had to search out clothing options, uh, sometimes go to like order online or uh, go to uh, Indonesian import stores uh, what is this uh, news that you heard about
1: yes again, I think it 's more convenient for female customers mm-hmm. yeah because uh especially in the summer we for for the women who cover up who who wear the hijab mm. we it's not very easy for us to find long sleeves or long length skirts mm-hmm.
0: for us mm-hmm. yeah so so just generally more convenience and more options yeah <laughs> what did uh, what, what would you have done before where where would you've gotten the clothes
1: i get it from from the night market
0: <laughs> oh so 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 even before it was still possible to find it it's in the night, night market it's possible
1: because the trend we have now is quite different from before mm-hmm. it's um, the loose fitting clothes are more popular mm-hmm. the The long length dresses are more popular mm-hmm. so it's easier for us now
0: so there, there, there's definitely style trends in uh, Muslim clothing
1: uh, yeah there is just mm-hmm. like the other any other fashion trend yeah
0: and, and and would Uniqlo be able to keep up with those trends do you think? hopefully hopefully <laughs> um, I want to switch topics a little bit and just go to maybe a a little bit broader of a picture here. Uh, So you worship at the Taipei Grand Mosque, but it's not the only mosque in Taiwan. And Taipei is not the only city in Taiwan that has a Muslim population. Uh, Could you just uh, share with us a little bit about what you know about the uh, Muslim community in Taiwan?
1: We have around 60,000 Taiwanese Muslims mm-hmm. and about 200,000 foreign Muslims mm-hmm. living in Taiwan at the moment. And um,
0: and most of those would be, uh, many of them would be guest workers from Indonesia. Yes,
1: most, mostly. Mm-hmm. And within the Taiwanese community, most of us are from China, from the minority, the, the Hui minority and there are there's also an increasing population of muslim converts mm. in taiwan
0: mm-hmm.
1: which has uh increased after 9/11. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh so so those would be uh han chinese in, yes, in, in Taiwan? taiwan. Yes, mm. yes. And uh, for you so you grew up in uh saudi arabia uh and also taiwan uh and so just growing up here Could give give us some sense of uh, what was it like being a practicing Muslim uh, in Taiwan? Growing up here, were there any challenges? Was it something you didn't think about too much?
1: Well, uh, in the beginning, it's even until now, the major challenge is with halal meat because that is something that we face every day, a couple of times every day. Mm -hmm. But once. we know where to find and what other options we have. It's made it very much easier. Mm-hmm. And another thing is having to to explain or to introduce Islam to to the people around us.
0: Mm-hmm. Are people generally pretty curious? Yes, they are. And what what, what kind of questions do they ask?
1: Very basic questions mm-hmm. like uh, why cannot you eat this and why cannot you eat that or uh, do you actually pray or do you really cover up your face or just mm. very general questions that are media-oriented, I think.
0: Mm. And when you hear the tone of those questions, I mean, does it, does it come off as just friendly curiosity or, 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 or do you ever feel like uh, people uh, may have some fears associated with those questions?
1: Mostly are just out of curiosity,
0: mm-hmm. yes. Is, is there any way, I mean, growing up here, was was there any way where you felt like there was any conflict between your own Taiwanese identity uh, and, you know, practicing Islam? I've, I've read a couple of uh, practitioners kind of just talking about how uh, the lifestyle in Taiwan where you work really hard uh, and then you go out and you karaoke all night uh, makes it difficult for young, uh, some young Muslims uh, to practice uh, consistently. Did you ever experience anything like that?
1: I think it changes gradually when, when I grew up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I was younger, yes, there were times that I would think that, why, why, why do we have to do this? And why do we have to wake up in the middle of the night and to, to fast, for example? But uh, as I grow up, I've learned more and I've actually accepted more. Mm-hmm. So things have been very getting easier and easier for me.
0: Mm. How do you so so? You mean the practices uh, make more sense to you now, or, or what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, they make more sense, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that we can we can have the lifestyle in Taiwan and also practice at the same time. It just depends on how you you segment your timings and
0: mm. yeah. Do you still find time to go out and do karaoke?
1: Well, I don't like karaoke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that makes it easy then. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, are 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 there a lot of, uh, for example, office workers that might find it difficult to, you know, stick to the prayer routine, uh, stick to the uh, a- attending service on Fridays, to stick to all of that?
1: Well, uh, during this, these kind of cases, um, one thing that I would say is that because of the environment is like this, so sometimes it's. You don't have to be so hard on yourself. We can always make up the prayers. Mm-hmm. For example, when we have a meeting during a certain prayer time, you cannot just say that I have to go pray because the rest of the team has to go on with the, with the meeting. So we just make it up whenever you have a break time or
0: mm. yeah. So it's it's it, it accommodating both ways. Yeah. Mm. That was actually another uh, I believe a uh, call that was made by some leaders in the Muslim community to uh, accommodate certain uh, religious holidays uh, <laughs> uh, and and make it easier for uh, you know workers that are probably quite busy to uh, attend those holidays yes. uh, Have you know bosses and managers have they been responsive to those kinds of calls? Have they been willing to accommodate a little bit I think
1: it depends mhm Mm, but uh, I understand that it's not very easy for the Taiwanese community to
0: accept this kind of... Um, Just jumping out of work? Yeah, probably. Mm. So, so, so they don't quite understand why it's necessary.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing is, I think it's probably because even though Taiwanese, majority of Taiwanese are Buddhist or Taoist, but many of them, what from my, from I know that they're not fully practicing. So certain holidays or religious holidays might not be that important for them as to for other people who are really actually practicing. Right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of religious holidays, the the major one that we have is uh, the one that after Ramadan. hmm Yeah. And that one is actually the the only major one that we celebrate, which is like the Chinese New Year or the Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. So it has that level of significance. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, as, uh, you know, pe- many people in North America, even if they're not religious, uh, they are more likely to observe Christmas or expect some time off on Christmas or, you know, because even if they're not religious, they want to spend more time with, with their family. With the family, family yes. Right. Uh, and so if, you know, for any minority group in Taiwan, that poses some challenges. So I'm sure it does for the Muslim community yes. as well. So the...
1: What I try to do is try to explain it the other way, for example, like how how, how I just mentioned mm-hmm. that um, that is equally important as the Chinese New Year holiday to, mm. to the Chinese community. Right.
0: Yeah. And and, and are people generally fairly responsive when you, when you put it that way? Do they go, oh, yeah, I get yeah, it?
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they, they un- then they understand. mm yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of the other interesting thing about uh, the way that religion is kind of treated in Taiwan, is if you go to a temple in Taiwan, oftentimes the various artifacts and the idols they can be from all over the place they can be from many different religions Mm -hmm. people here don't have such strict ideas about what fits into this religion or that religion Uh, they they don't necessarily have such strict ideas about what sorts of religious practices need to be done Um, you know different families bye-bye in different ways uh, so would that make it hard for people in Taiwan to understand Islam where there are in, in some ways uh somewhat more strict practices?
1: I think uh, uh it is a little bit because the the base of the religion is a little bit different. Mm. In in Islam we worship one god whereas in 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 Buddhism and in Taoism there are many gods. Mhm. Yeah. So that could be a little bit difficult to, to understand in the beginning. Mm. And then once you talk through it a little bit more, then then it makes more sense, I guess.
0: Mm. And, and and so just in general, I mean, w- would you point to any challenges uh, that the Muslim community faces in Taiwan?
1: I think it's a little bit more political. When it comes to a political issue, mm-hmm. then it becomes uh, it's something that we get pointed at.
0: Like, uh, w- would you be referring to, you know, all the reports of terrorism around yes, the world? And do, do you think that people in Taiwan associate Islam practitioners with, with terrorism here?
1: What I've seen from the internet, mm-hmm. for people who have Muslim friends, they mm-hmm. don't have this kind of issue. Mm-hmm. But with, for people who do not have Muslim friends, they don't, they don't know what Islam really is to Muslim, then I think it would be a little bit difficult for them to understand.
0: Mm. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is it's it's really all just about uh, having conversations and getting to know people.
1: Yeah, but another thing is, I think it's um, for people who who have a faith of religion, for example, uh, Christianity. Mm. They're very extremes. There are certain people who are very understanding, mm-hmm. and other people who who might get very um, rough mm-hmm. on 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 their thoughts about Islam.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, and have you run into any of that
1: i I'm, I'm, I think I'm grateful that most of the people that I met are quite understanding
0: I see <laughs> yeah I see um, but I mean again again, I mean it, it it does sound like you're saying that uh getting to know the community and actually having friends and having some level of understanding does make a difference Yes
1: oh, another thing that I've heard. But that was uh, many years back that um, there are certain employers there are certain mm-hmm. employers that who, that cannot accept women employees wearing hijab in Taiwan. Mm. So I've heard that there were people who actually faced this problem where the employer asked them to either leave the job or remove the hijab. Mm. Yeah.
0: Did that usually end with uh, them leaving, leaving the job? Yes yeah.
1: But I think that was many years back. But mm-hmm. now, because of uh, the the increasing number of uh, Muslim people and the uh, and the media itself, I think generally it has been changed and mm-hmm. improved.
0: Mm. And again, that kind of just goes back, I think, to uh, what you were saying about actually uh, knowing somebody who is a practitioner and, and knowing why what it means to them. Mm-hmm. It, it, in terms of understanding why it would be so important for yeah, yeah, them yes, to yes. Uh, wear a hijab. Uh, just on a personal note, I mean, uh, would you personally see uh, any contradictions between you know being somebody who's uh, identifies as Taiwan, but then also a practicing Muslim? Like, for example, in the U.S., like uh, I, a lot of my Christian friends going to college, uh, a lot of the things that uh, w- would be just considered normal in college, you know, going out late, drinking, partying, other stuff, uh, you know, they, they they didn't feel comfortable participating in, and they had to find their own creative ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of get into that group and make it normal for them, mm-hmm. I had one friend that he just even though he never drank a drop uh in his life, he acted drunk all the time just so that he felt more comfortable at parties <laughs> and it worked he actually i mean he said that he felt drunk uh and so whatever whatever worked for him uh but i uh, is is there ever that kind of accommodation that you need to do to uh just break into whatever local scene there is uh
1: yes, but when, when I was in college, there were, well, yeah, everybody has some experience when, when they're young. But with my, I didn't really have a problem or issue with that. Because in the beginning, I explained to my friends what, what my religion is and what my kind of lifestyle is. Mm. So when it comes to these kind of, for example, partying or drinking, then they kind of understand.
0: What? and Was this in Taiwan? Yeah, in Taiwan. Well, people in Taiwan are much more understanding than in the U.S. We were always trying to get them to drink.
1: <laughs> well, they they do they are, they 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 do the same thing to me. They say this is this tastes so good. Do you want to try? <laughs> this is really good. Do you want to to, to have some raw fun or this or that? Mm. And I will say no, of course. But they say, oh, you're missing so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. So they put some pressure on you.
1: Yeah, but again, I think I take I, I take it quite easily.
0: Yeah, you just got to smile your way through it. Yeah. <laughs> I, did did you ever have to, uh, you know, get creative with your response, or or did people eventually just kind of leave you alone?
1: Uh, I think sometimes you have to get creative because some some people might get quite pushy. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So how did how did you respond in those cases?
1: I just don't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it depends on the kind of parties or who you're hanging out with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anything like that persist in, into later life? I remember, I actually, uh, across the street when I was growing up, uh, there was a Jewish family. And uh, we, we, we kind of had, I guess you could call it a symbiotic relationship. Because there's a part of the year where the dietary restrictions get really uh, restrictive uh, in, in Judaism. Uh, and they all the food that they couldn't eat would come over to our refrigerator <laughs> and we would take it from them. Because we didn't care. We, we, we didn't have any of that. And so we, we would kind of help them out in that way. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm, I'm more asking about, like, is, are, there, are there any times where, you, you, you know, as an adult, you have to find creative ways to adapt in Taiwan?
1: Uh, for example, like now, mm-hmm. um, what we've been doing is when we have gathering, I prepare the meat. mm so I think it'll it makes, be it'll
0: be okay for everybody. Yeah,
1: it'll be okay for everybody, and I think that I, I prefer the meat or the the meal, the food itself, and people bring drinks or dessert or whatever.
0: But so, you still have you still have guests of many different faiths uh, coming over.
1: Yeah, so we 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 do it according to everyone's needs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, so you just you start with the most restrictive uh, dietary needs, yeah. and then everybody goes fine. On, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, another thing is well, I'm not sure if it really makes a difference, but I've heard that from my friends, they say that halal meat, for example, beef, halal beef tastes much better. Mm. So I actually know a friend of mine, her dad actually goes to the halal shop and buys the meat for Even the family. He's not no.
0: Mm. He they, just like the taste.
1: Yeah, and they like it. So during the gatherings, they're all, they're also friends who they prepare for us, and because they know our restrictions and our needs, mm-hmm. then I don't have to say anything or bring anything. They just they just they just
0: it. they have it there for you already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes it a little bit easier. And I guess uh, if if it really does taste better, then that means that your parties will be more well attended. More people oh, will want to hopefully. come over. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I feel like I have uh, learned a fair amount today, uh, and uh, we've been learning this all from Amal Chow. She is uh, a member of the Taipei Muslim community and a an attendee of the uh, Taipei Grand Mosque. Uh, Amal, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: That is it for the show today. Taiwan Talk, of course, broadcasts every Monday at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., right after the top-of-the-hour newscast. Look for that on ICRT-FM100. You can also find the show online. Uh, That's where we put extended versions of the show, uh, such as the podcast that you were just listening to right here. Uh, Look for that on iTunes, uh, the ICRT website, and the ICRT blog, occasionally if I have time to make a post about it. Uh, also, just want to make a quick note that I will be uh, posting a quick little blog post uh, for the show today uh, with some links to some of the recent news on this topic. Basically, just going into a little bit more depth uh, what all some of these programs were uh, that are trying to make uh, practicing Muslims' lives easier uh, while they're either you know living or traveling through Taiwan. So you can see some of the news that we were talking about here uh, right there if you're interested in English, by the way. That is it for the show today. We're going to have to wrap it up there. So for ICRT and Taiwan Talk, thank you all for listening very much. Uh, I am Keith Manconi. Hope to see you next time.